and salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. You guys, this is going to be a different episode. I am recording straight into my computer, no mic, uh, because I am on the road currently. So there's no recap. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to drop in an episode of another podcast that I did an interview with recently that I just so happened to be a producer on. Uh, And I've never come from behind the decks for this podcast because it's an event industry corporate podcast. Uh, But I keep saying podcast. I know. Say it like 20 more times. Um, But anyways, so this week I didn't want to leave you guys without any content. So listen to my interview. It has to do with pride, the corporatization of pride, some of the adversity that we deal with around pride, uh, and then also just some of the things that I've been doing. So I'm in Chicago right now. I am going to go lay down. And uh, leave you guys with this fun little episode. Thanks so much. He's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Well, hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bolotify, the one and only podcast about event, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here as I am every week with the one and only Alex Apostolidis. Hello. How are you? I sound like a truck driver. I really do. Well, you know, this is just another you. <laughs> it's just another, hey, how you doing? Um, this is what happens when I don't get a lot of sleep. My voice just goes really low. That's okay. It's uh, you know I think it, it's got a uh, an appeal to it. You know that raspy kind of. Yeah. Uh, it's not a cigarette voice though. That's no. That's yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Never a puff in my life. Never once. Yes. No puffies. No puffies. <laughs> well, there's a lot of puffies going on under my eyes, but that's a different story. Well, it was a long week last week. Uh, very very busy. <laughs> Uh, yes, we had a lot going on, and then we were doing uh, Westview High School graduation mm-hmm. night, grad mm-hmm. night. Uh, we took it on last year when we were in the middle of the pandemic, and we were asked if we would participate. And D'Angelo did the heavy, heavy, heavy lift. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but we were able to give them a theme and help them. Uh, make the event much more engaging than it had been before. Uh, and I think just the mere fact that we were giving prizes out every half hour made it more exciting. Cause I, I was there when we gave a few of them out and it was fun to see the kids run to the prize booth to, to get their prize. And then subsequently the ones that come running later, like moments later, because you have to be the first one there, of course. And the disappointment when they didn't get the prize. I mean, that's why you do the, you do these kinds of surprise things. And they were pretty pretty hefty prizes. At one point, I know there was at least a $100 Amazon gift card. 
Uh, Dang. So, yeah, there were some good prices. I can uh, use that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was really, it was well received. It was a fun night. Of course, they had the usual problems with um, uh, students trying to leave. Students who are no longer students, by the way, mm -hmm. who officially graduated, which is interesting because not to go off on a tangent, but grad nights in my day, you were still in high school. You, you did them before you graduated, like a month or two months before graduation, you went to your grad night. And I think that was a way to help keep us in line. Well, Illy's was two weeks before her, so she was still, you know, student. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a hard place to be. They still mm -hmm. treat them like students. I mean, there was a, a one, at one point I did observe a young woman trying to get out because she didn't feel well and she wanted to go home. <laughs> the response was, okay, call your mother and have her come and pick you up. It was great. And she's like, oh, I have to call my mother. Yep. You got to call your mom. Okay. And then off she went to the party again back yeah. to the party. yeah it was just uh yeah very interesting so when you say she didn't feel well did she not feel well or did she not air quotes feel well well i imagine because it wasn't so dire that she was yeah. ready to have her mother come and pick her up that she didn't feel well yeah. you know, quote unquote uh, if you were not, you know, and I was observing from about 20 feet away and I thought, okay, if you're really not feeling well, you'll, you will do anything to go home. Please call my mother, have her come mm -hmm. and pick me up. I don't even think I could drive, you know, I mean, if you're not feeling well, mm -hmm. um, I mean, these kids are not feeling aches and pains. They're 18, 17, you know what I mean? They, um, they feel well. My daughter has aches and pains, but she'll admit she's a 90-year-old inside a 17-year-old body. Yeah, she's a different breed. <laughs> so we this is Pride Month. Yes. Woohoo! And uh, we have a very special guest with us today. We have our very own Dangela with us today. Yay! We'll join us in a minute. Uh, but before we get to Pride Month, I'd like to ask you, about how you ended up with a joint <laughs> on, your, on my door. So this, yeah, so, you know, it is uh, in a baggie. Um, my very smart daughter said, mom, please don't touch it because it could be laced. Um, so, you know, I have the ring doorbell because of the whole Michigas with my neighbor, Violet, um, on drugs, off meds, neighbor that lives above me and the apartment complex where I live, the owner doesn't care whatsoever. He is, you know, we'll be out in a couple of weeks, but he'll be back because he can. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I'm at work last Wednesday. I'm in the office and my little ring doorbell goes off. And I have a lot of times I don't pay attention because it's just people walking back and forth. But I happen to look at it and I see this man over six feet tall probably about mm, 10 years older than me, leaving something, fiddling with like the knocker on my door. Okay. So I ask my friend to look at the door. She looks at the door. She takes a picture. She has a key. She goes into the apartment, leaves it, takes a picture, and it's a joint. And it says, enjoy Mike. Now, I couldn't tell if it said enjoy comma Mike as in I'm Mike giving it to you. And that's one of the neighbors, the name's 
my neighbor up above goes by, or if it was enjoy Mike, as in, here you go, Mike. I go down to the office. I tell them, blah, blah, blah. They don't know anything. So it's sitting there. Now, Friday, as my friend Janet and I are going to go listen to music at Hooley's, we walk to the car, not one, not two, but six police cars come pulling in to the apartment complex for not even for my neighbor, for something else. This draws all the neighbors out. We're all talking. I meet another neighbor who is, you know, said, oh, I miss you sitting on your balcony. It's a bummer. You can't do that. And having a lovely little conversation. And I look over and I see on a bike, this man about six foot five, you know, six, over six feet, 10 years older. Wait, wait a minute. That's the guy that left that on my door. So I grew about 10 feet and I walked over and I said, excuse me, do you leave something on my door? No, I I don't know what you're talking about. I don't leave anything on your door. I said, really? You didn't leave anything taped, you know, inside the knocker of my door? He goes, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you meant it for my neighbor upstairs. I didn't leave anything for anybody. I don't know what you're talking about. I said, really? And then I pressed the door, you know, my ringer video. And I said, isn't this you? And his eyes got really big. He goes, did I leave that on your door? My mistake. I said, yeah, you did. You left a drug on the door of a home where a minor lives. Guess what? The police have the joint. They're testing it to see if it was laced with anything dangerous because, you know, my neighbor has threatened me a time or two. And they have the video of you leaving it there. And his eyes are getting bigger and bigger. And he said, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it for you. I, I don't, I barely even know him. I said, really? You don't know him very well. He goes, no. I said, so you don't know all the things he's capable of. And I listed off everything he's done. Wow. And his eyes again. And now, meanwhile, there are six police cars here. There's police right there. And I'm kind of looking over at the police and looking back at him. He's getting, one of my friends said, I bet he peed himself a little. So he said, I'm so sorry. That must have traumatized you. I said, do you live here? No. I promise it won't happen again. I said, it better not. And off. He like hightailed it out of there. And my one little, my one neighbor walked up to me, pointed at me. She goes, are there balls in there? Because that was really damn impressive. (laughs) I mean, the guy's literally, you know, almost, I'd say probably a foot taller than me. Wow. So, I haven't seen it back here. Fast. Yes. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be out before I am. I can't leave here until the end of October, unfortunately. They offered again last week to let me out of my lease, but only if I left like right now, which again means go live in my car. So, you right. know, no, right. I'm not an yeah. option. Right. No, not until an option. It all works out. Right. So I have a place, just not, not until my lease is up. So, but it's, you know, it's a one woman show in the making. It really is. We'll start writing it, kid. Oh, it's all documented. So there we go. Yeah, it's all, it's fine. In fact, I, at three o'clock this morning when I couldn't sleep because of him, there goes the music. um, I'd started filling in more details. At three o'clock in the morning. At three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, so that that's how a joint came to be in my possession. Well, speaking of joints, <laughs> who tied this one in? I'm go ahead. I'm excited. Let's get this joint jumping. I completely turned that around, didn't I? 
Yeah, we, we in our house call that a salute to the sun. Meaning a salute a, to the sun? It's because that's a yoga stretch. So it was a stretch. Oh, oh okay. Um, yoga, that sounds good right now. I could use some yoga. I feel like I could just melt into yoga right now, even though I can't. It just <laughs> would be very nice. But let's get on to pride because it's pride yeah. month. It's pride month. Yay. And almost everyone is happy about it. Almost everyone. Anybody who's not happy about it just isn't happy, period. Right. Uh, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, and really should just keep it to themselves, if you ask me. Just exactly. keep it to yourself. If you can't be happy for people who have finally managed to be prideful of who they are, then I'm sorry for you. Go back exactly. and leave. Uh, because it's just, it's not essential that we hear from you right now, even though you feel the need to lash out and say things that are horrible in your own churches. We don't need to hear you right now. And you know who you are. And I do too. That's not a threat. It's just saying. <laughs> Can I tell you something that made my heart sing? Yes. At Westview High School, for which we just did the grad night, seeing all the pride flags up there. It made me so happy. I'm glad to hear that. It yeah. really did. Because that is a more conservative area of town. And to see that, I thought, oh, <gasps> yes. Rose is agreeing with you. So it's Pride Month. So no better than D'Angelo Bonilla to talk to on Pride Month because he knows what's going on. He is all about pride. He's working pride almost not just here in San Diego, but in cities throughout the nation. So we thought it would be fun to have him on the show. He's usually producing it. He's usually the one who edits it and gets it out and gets our guests on and produces the segments. But today we needed a pride expert and there's nobody more knowledgeable about pride than D'Angelo, at least in terms of what's going on, what's happening and what the trends are. So welcome D'Angelo. Hi there. Hi. So thanks for thanks for taking time uh, out from behind the, uh, the 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 curtain, if you will. So let's let's start, if you don't mind, with what just happened uh, on Sunday, the twelfth of June, uh, which you saw on social media, which was the uh, Pulse nightclub remembrance. Mm -hmm. What did you observe? So, well, this year, it just seems like it's been six years, which is really, really crazy. Oh, my um, God. Has it really? It really? Mm -hmm. It's been six years since the Pulse shooting. And what's, um, it's kind of back in people's like purview, which is really sad because of all the things that are going on right now in the world and, you know, all the different. And in the state of Florida. Yeah, mass shootings and those sorts of things that are going on. But, um, and then even right now in like pop culture, there's even like this whole thing of like remembrance because of like uh, the new series on Peacock, The Queerest Folk. They start the season, the very first episode has to do with the mass shooting and then the whole rest of the series is dealing with the aftermath thereof. So they took a really, really dark, very, very serious topic. So it's you kind of see a little bit of that resonating and it kind of made it a little bit more real so i think people's memorials and their their things that people are doing this year were a little bit um uh, just reinvigorated kind of like the flame of remembering these people that we like lost you know the, the 49 people that were in 
that were in Orlando. So it's it's one of those things that um, you take that and you take, you know, that horrible tragedy, but then you remember that like, okay, well, we're colorful people, LGBT people are so colorful and we're resilient and all these sorts of things. So there's a certain moment where you're like, you have to not be afraid to go back out into public, to go back into a club, to go back into a big, you know, a, a, a place. And so, and I think that it's just one of those things that, um, you take it on the church end of like this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine regardless of like everything else that all these different adversity kind of things that are coming at you. Um, this past weekend, we saw the, that incident with the 30 people inside of a U-Haul that were going to go and start some ruckus at a pride celebration. So there is this whole, now that we have this corporatization of pride that people are talking about, you know, that AT&T and Google and everybody is making their logo rainbow colored and everything. But you have that pendulum swing so far in one way, but then on the other side, there is still a lot of work to be done. And there's still a lot of people that are coming up against all this progress and all the, um, all the color, all the happiness, all the love that is mm -hmm. literally trying to be spread right now. And there's other people who are just trying to snuff out that light. And it's just like, stay in your lane. If you don't like it, then turn your back. We're not going to your church and being upset about what you're teaching there. And we're not going to your school to try to teach people, blah, blah, blah. So not to be all political, because this is like the most political I think we've ever been on this podcast. But anyways, um, <laughs> So what we're seeing, though, is just our trend over here at Balada is that we've always had a good um, stake in Pride, you know, in San Diego Pride here at the uh, at the, the music festival. We've had artists there. We've done um, floats in the Pride Parade. And then we've also had um, some experiences with drag shows, producing those and doing comedy shows in some of the clubs, working with different uh, people like Ross Matthews, like we're doing again this year. And so we've had um, a good amount of pride in the past, but this year I think after pandemic and where the world is, um, pride is bigger than ever, it feels like. And so, and it, it feels like everybody wants a little bit of a touch and a taste of what's going on. And with the mainstreaming of like RuPaul's Drag Race and um, just what's, seeing a politician like Pete Buttigieg and that sort of thing, that you're seeing all these different things in mainstream, which is just, it's not mainstream, it's just life. And so, and there's just, you know, these different flavors of life that are out there. And so this is the one time a year in June where we really dig in, you know? And so it's, it's world pride, you know, is, is, you know, where we are in the month of June. And so, um, I just think that it's just, it's nice to see that it's coming back, all the celebrations and it's even coming back in these big party things. And also I'm noticing that it's it's not just coming back to your point, but it's embracing more cultures and more colors. Pride is more inclusive than I think it's ever been. Yesterday I went to, to the bank and as I was sitting there waiting, uh, I noticed that the bank had pride uh, insignia up everywhere, but the colors were not just the pride colors, but they included additional colors uh, that actually, I didn't even know what the colors were for, to be honest with you, but there were the, the, the colors of the rainbow, the six colors that we know, and then there were additional four. Uh, so I thought maybe the entire pride flag had changed because of these additional colors. Are you aware of these, what I'm talking about? 
Has yeah, the so pride flag changed? The pride flag has changed, but the, the original pride flag, it, it, pride flag it Say itself. Say three times fast. Yeah, no, seriously, pride flag. Um, the original one, when they had created it in San Francisco, had more colors than we're even standard in seeing. So right now, I think most people think of the standard pride flag as being red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and purple. Um, but the original actually had pink, it had a light teal stripe, and they had to do with different things. So like yellow had to do with the sun and purple had to do with magic, I believe, and those kind of things. And so, but because of inventory and because of access to the materials, they trimmed the flag down and they made it the colors that we see now of the rainbow. So it was originally intended to actually have more stripes than what we have seen in the past, you know, 20, 30 years. And now this year, uh, probably since like 2019, there's been this new adoption of uh, a pride flag that has to do with, that has now has added into it the um, transgender colors of the baby blue, the baby pink and the white, which have to do with transgender. And then you also have black and brown stripes that have to do with people of color. There's a new way that people are just kind of putting it in there. So it's accepting all the diversity because I think that, in I mean, Again, being on the, like, the, this is weird that I'm being political on this podcast of everything, but when you kind of see where the pendulum swings and even how there is a lot of, um, there's a little bit of a race issue in a lot of our nightclubs mm -hmm. and things like that. And so, and even like on all of our flyers and that, and that kind of thing is that you see um, people of that are Caucasian, that are white, that are actually, you know, kind of always prevalent, more featured. And then sometimes people don't feel that they're, if they are a person of color, that they really would be accepted into a big mainstream club and blah, 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 blah. And so now it's just this whole thing of like, no, you're accepted, come in, that everybody is part of this. And then there's also just been this whole thing where people think LGBT and there is a separation of the T from the LGB. So lesbian, gay, bisexual is one side, but transgender was being kept, you know, kept on another side. And so it's just this new pride flag that incorporates the new colors is just a new way of just saying that everybody's accepted here. So it's like mm -hmm. putting a flag like that on your door or as a business, it just kind of shows that if you're transgender, we're a safe space. If you're black, this is a safe space. If you're a person of color, this is a safe space for you. It's not just for gay people, but you can go a step further. And we want to make sure that our arms open to everybody that's part of the LGBT community. And so that's why that flag is kind of out there. And I know that we we try not to get political. I, I get that and support that, obviously. And hopefully there will be a day where that celebration is just that. It's just celebration. There does doesn't have to be anything behind it. We're not there. And oh, no. the fact that we're still defending and still fighting and still explaining and still have to make people aware. The fact that inclusivity is even a topic that is ever up for question. It's uh, it, until all of that is erased, it's going to be a political issue. It just is, you know. And we have these ebbs and flows where we push forward and then we get pushed back and right. push forward. So we're, st we're still there. Well, and the pushback at present moment is uh, really stressful, tense. Uh, they're really, you know, pushing back hard in certain areas of the country uh, and, you know, making it sound like we're indoctrinating young people. 
um, which is not what being gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, any of anything other than what they consider to be normal and right. It's not what we're about. Oh, um, the equation was made again, the comparison of gay and pedophile was raised again this mm. weekend in a church in Texas by a pastor who said that all gay people should be shot. A pastor, a pastor mm -hmm. said this in a church, right? So the pushback is really, really hard right now. And uh, it's to your point, it does ebb and flow. And there is a lot of concern that with the ending of Roe versus Wade, or at least the stalling of it, or the, 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 but hopefully, you know, we can turn this around. But at least at this point, it feels like our rights are being taken away in this country under the guise of freedom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's two things about freedom, not to get off on a tangent. One is when you live in a free society, you give up a little bit of individual freedom for the sake of civility. That's just what we have to do. We can't all be free to do exactly what we want to do when we want to do it, because in order for us all to be free, we have to give up a little, little bit of that freedom. And freedom is not the freedom to, to uh, keep freedom from other people. <laughs> It's about freedom for self, not taking away from others. So I, I still have a hard time with the argument that uh, you know we should be shod and we don't belong and uh, we are sending the wrong message when all we really care about is getting through life as happily and authentically, as authentically as possible, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's so much good in this world. I, I don't know why we have to focus on the things that bother us or upset us. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that being gay might bother you, but um, that's just the way it is. There are things about you that bother me, and yet I'm able to you know, keep it to myself and, and not make a big deal about it and move on. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. Anyway, pride, 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 pride. So you've already done a pride show. You did one already. And I believe it was at the Lowe's Santa Monica that that pride event happened. And you produced a show uh, mm -hmm. called Drag Me to the Lowe's. Yeah. So we have a Drag Me series that's kind of uh, setting down in a bunch of different cities this year. And who knows how long this will be going. It won't be just Pride Month. They have a feeling that we're just um, because of there's money to be had in Pride brunches and drag brunches and blah, 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 you know, and just how popular the um, drag shows are right now. And kind of what we're doing is, is we're providing a different type of a drag show. So uh, long story long is that we have one of our <laughs> clients who's actually been on the um, podcast before, mm -hmm. Wayne Hearth from Kaleidoscope. Uh, he's a good friend and colleague, and we collaborate on a lot of projects. And so we did a project uh, at the Hotel Dell for a couple years there called Drag Me to the Dell. And it was Wayne's brainchild of like, these are the kind of things that I want to have. And then it was just taking his um, vision and then 
figuring out the way to actually make it happen and then also kind of guiding it in such a way that we assemble a cast that works well together, that shows diversity, that shows also a wide range of talent. Because a lot of drag shows, people think, okay, it's going to be a lip sync number. We're going to see a Mariah Carey lip sync. We're going to see a Beyonce lip sync. Then we're going to, you know, the the host is going to come out, make a couple raunchy jokes, and then we're going to have the next thing. But um, our shows are a little bit different. So there's a lot of different genres when it comes to the art of drag for drag queens and that sort of thing. And so, and we are, we focused a little bit more on the drag art, but we are utilizing queens who do the lip syncs that you kind of see that you, that you would think of normally. But we have drag queens who sing live. We have a lot of comedy drag queens who will go up there and they, you know, they do a whole uh, 10 to 15 minute set that includes song and back and forth comedy and audience interaction, those sorts of things. And so it's very much like a cabaret kind of a show. And so, and our shows are a variety shows. So we started doing these a few years ago as Wayne has now moved into this kaleidoscope. We have now found a home for this. Uh, we were at the Low Santa Monica on June 4th. And then we're going to be uh, popping over to the uh, Weston. Uh, St. Francis in San Francisco this week on the 16th and then we'll be in Chicago on Saturday at the for Drag Me to the Fairmont so it's Drag Me to the St. Francis Drag Me to the Fairmont in Chicago yes in Chicago we have another Drag Me coming to New York City I'm not allowed to talk about it because that one actually is a quiet private show so it's all secret so you guys will see those kind of those images pop up on our uh, Instagram eventually and so for that party, but then we have a couple other ones planned for the rest of the year. So it's fun. It's kind of the same cast. We have Lady Bunny who hosts all of them. And then we bring in a few um, pageant people who have won a lot of pageants. Some of these uh, trans artists who crazy dancers, really captivating. We have some comedians like Meatball and Hecklina that are joining on the tour. Um, we also like Willem who is a drag race, like kind of legend, you know, the only drag race contestant to ever be kicked off the show. And she's one of our features in the show. And then she, and how we've kind of built this too, is that that artist has a song called Derek Berry, which is about Derek Berry, the, the Britney Spears impersonator. And we booked Derek Berry on this. And then Derek Berry has a partner who uh, also does drags. So we booked his partner on this in Nebraska. And then they, also, they're kind of like a punching bag for another artist named Meatball who's on this, who has a podcast who they make fun of. So it's this really fun show of all these drag queens who all interact on different levels. So when they come in and they do a show, you're getting the action of them on stage, but then you're also getting their interactions and everything because we have these cocktail hours. So every night starts with a cocktail hour. It's a uh, VIP, so VIP tickets will get you in. It's a different rate on each one. You guys can... Um, we're actually sending an email out through Bellata. So if you're on the Bellata email list, you're going to be getting a whole pride list of all the different shows that are coming around. But um, the cocktail hours, they are cocktails with the queen. So it's not a meet and greet where you go up to a table and have somebody sign something. This is like you're in front of people's faces and you're talking and you're watching the queens interact. So you're watching them make fun of each other, roast each other right in front of you, pass around, take a selfie, that kind of thing. And then we go into a full show. And so it's about a two hour show that is just full of life, energy, fun, and a lot of crazy raunchy jokes. Um, <laughs> so it is, it is, they are adult shows. I love it though. It's so supportive of the community of each other. It's good natured. 
Um, it's not boring. It's not, you know, it's. What's cool about these two is that the each uh, venue that is hosting them, um, they're doing these as a community outreach, you know. So we're seeing that post pandemic hotels lost, you know, their shirts, you know, they didn't have people renting rooms and that sort of a thing. So it's one of the re things that they're doing is, is they're providing this kind of an outlet for to encourage people to come utilize their restaurants, buy drinks, get a hotel room. But um, what they're doing at the full door is the full door, every single ticket sold, that money goes to a nonprofit, a local one in the city that they're in. So awesome. our, our San Francisco goes to the uh, Gay Men's Chorus, which is, you know, it's a philanthropical mm -hmm. and also art, you know, organization. When we're in Chicago, it goes towards the um, AIDS, uh, AIDS Health Foundation. And so uh, in, in Chicago, so it's very, very specific that it's going to a nonprofit that, you know, wouldn't necessarily get to take this win, you know, and they don't have to do anything for it. They just have to, you know, tell people to come to the show and encourage people to buy tickets and they're going to take home a purse from this from this drag show. So it's, uh, you know, each venue has been really, really great in that, that they're just kind of this is like one of their fundraisers, essentially. It's almost like a, a mini gala in a sense. And it really is in keeping with what's happening it's on trend mm -hmm. for uh, hotel properties today and i think i may have said this more than once what i'm experiencing when i travel is that more and more hotels are being experiential they're trying to bring in people they understand they have space and they need to fill it with more than just people in their restaurants and people in their hotel rooms and that does fit in with being a part of the community you know, yeah. so often what happens is that corporate hotels are built and they focus on corporate business and they forget that they're in a community. And when the community needs space, it's often very hard to find at those hotels because, again, they're focused on corporate business. It's more profitable for them if they can get a group in house for three nights they're going to do that over one banquet dinner you know it's it's mm -hmm. business but when things happen like the pandemic like 9 11 it's those hotels that have community relationships often fare out better because mm -hmm. the communities see them as part of the community mm -hmm. and pa patronize them. And so it's a smart, smart move. And and also we're at a point where people want experiences. We've been in this economy for quite a long time, actually, mm -hmm. but it's really starting to come to light. We're seeing it, too, over at like the low Santa Monica, the general manager there, Eunice Atala, is just really forward thinking. And then him with Wayne and Kaleidoscope and how they consult is that they've seen there's a payoff from being involved in the community. Because when you have everybody checking out on a Sunday afternoon, do something in your hotel to drive some business for a Sunday afternoon. Everybody's checking out, so what are we gonna do? So um, like over there at that hotel, they have these, uh, it's, there's a, there's a um, nonprofit dog organization called The Healthy Spot, which comes into the hotel, lands in there every so often, and they do dog photos on the beach. You know, so you can bring your two dogs, you pay them pay a minimal fee, you can have lunch there and that sort of thing. And you get a professional dog photo of you and your dogs or your dogs by themselves, blah, 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 blah. So they're doing that kind of thing. 
And then even over there at the Lowe's, um, you, one of the events that you're going to be doing to kind of flip over is, so we're working with Ross Matthews again this year. And so we've started and uh, we're doing a two-day engagement back at the Lowe's Santa Monica on June 18th and 19th. And June 18th, we're doing a Straight Talk with Ross live podcast show. And then the 19th, we're doing his Ross, uh, Ross Matthews Presents Dragtastic Bubbly Brunch. Well, the Dragtastic Bubbly Brunch is actually a kickoff for a series that they're doing over there in Santa Monica because they are now going to have every third Sunday of the month, they're going to be doing a drag brunch hosted by Nasha Lopez. And so, and it's because they're seeing that there is an LGBT community and also the bachelorette parties and the, you know, the girls and that sort of a thing that want to go and have brunch. Where are we going to do it? When you live in Santa Monica, if you're in, if you know LA, people who know LA, going from Santa Monica to downtown Los Angeles or to WeHo is going to take you 45 minutes to mm -hmm. an hour. So it's like you're, you're going a long distance to go do that. So a lot of people who may be, you know, into going to a drag brunch in the afternoon, they're not traveling an hour in the you know to go to a brunch all the way in west hollywood and then they have to take a car service back home for another hour which is going to cost you how much so what they've done is that the santa monica is they figured oh we have this community here let's give them something that we can do once a month so that's why this ross matthews is great because it's the third third sunday and then from then on we're going to be doing this every third sunday they have these these drag brunches coming in and Ross has a really great platform. Uh, he's well known. Obviously, mm -hmm. he's funny as all get out. He's so quick on his feet. Mm -hmm. He's a love to work with. Yeah, he's and a gem he, of a man. He goes be above and beyond. So, of course, there'll be themed cocktails and themed menu items. And the entire brunch will have an air of whimsy and frivolity, which keeps people happy keeps them seated, keeps them drinking. But and what's fun is it's a love letter to his fans is like every time that Ross does one of these specific shows, like his, 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 um, I just got like the list for his drink menu that if you don't listen to Ross Matthews, you know, you'd be like, Oh, these are funny drinks. It's called the baby doll. You know what I mean? But, um, those actually have to do with his show, you know? And so internally, the people who get the inside jokes, it takes it even a step further. And then all the little pieces that he does. And so um, I know he has a lot of surprises and things that are going to be going out for this. And then they just, um, somebody just won tickets to the whole weekend and hotel suites and that sort of thing. So like the hotels are really on board right now with all of this because they're, they are seeing the ticket sales come in and they're seeing their drink sales go up. And that really means a yeah. lot to them. There's also, um, you know, you don't do, you don't do something like this on accident. There is a good reason mm -hmm. to focus on our community. And that is who else has time on a Sunday afternoon to sit around for three hours and sip on uh, you know, champagne and watch drag and tip them and have fun. And, you know, but people who are not encumbered with children and, you know, soccer. And so it kind of makes sense that they're focused on our community. And it's an easy <laughs> birthday or bachelorette party thing. Yeah. You get a group, you go. And so, and then you're, you're going to be entertained. You're going to have your drinks. You're going to, you know, you're going to kick it up. I was talking to Judy, our friend Judy, uh, who used to work with us at Bellata, Judy Grant. I had uh, I had an occasion to see her, and we were talking about Rachel's wedding. Rachel is her 30-year-old daughter who's getting married. 
at the uh, end of this year. And Rachel went on her bachelorette party and they went to Palm Springs and I saw pictures of them at Hunter's, which is the gay club, which is where all of the bachelorette parties go. And what was really great to see was her bachelorette party was all women, except there was one male, her friend Max, who she has been friends with and is gay and has been friends with since high school. He was he was there. He was one of the participants at the bachelorette party. And while that would surprise and freak out some people, it's just wonderful. Why would it? Okay. Come on. Come on. You know it would. You don't know those people, maybe, but they exist. Well, no. You know, I came from a very traditional ethnic background. So I take myself back into that part of the family and go, oh, yeah, I guess it would. It would. So what are we expecting for Pride San Diego, which is in about a month from now, actually almost to the day? Well, the thing that we're doing, so Pride is back. So they're having like they're doing their music festival and those sorts of things. And so um, I know like a good friend of ours, friend of Blada, like Paris is uh, she's performing this this year on Sunday on the main stage. She's she's one of the opening acts for the big headliners. So she's got an hour long drag review that's going in there with like 50 dancers and all kinds of things that are going on. So I know that that kind of thing is happening in the the festival. We don't have so much going on the festival this year. We do have a couple um, big high profile floats that are coming through, like some big hotel brands and casino brands that we're working with. And so they are, uh, and again, this year they're asking for over the top big and bright and colorful. So one is doing a, a float with four drag queens that we are doing custom costumes and really putting something out there for their their big, uh, their, their float. And so, and these are like, you know, Hollywood Bowl type floats that they're, that they're yeah. doing. So there's like seven of them that usually are inside of the San Diego Pride Parade. And, and uh, we got two of them. And so, and then we have another one that's gonna be going out there for a hotel. And that one's gonna have for just beautiful models that are on there, but we are doing over the top costuming on them. And so um, can't talk about what they are yet. You guys will see those in the parade. You'll see them on our Instagrams eventually. So, and But then, before uh, the pandemic, I'm sorry, Dee, but mm-hmm. before the pandemic 2019, that was the big takeaway for me was uh, we were involved then and there were three, maybe five companies that went all out on their floats. And it was the first time that I saw that kind of detail and artistry in a float in our parade. And I see that trend expanding and it's delightful. It has come a long way. I do want to say this back in the day, a long time ago, I actually was in the pride parade. I was on a float. Yeah. Because I was doing a gay lesbian version of hair and we got to have a float. And I look at, you know, remembering all the floats there and then what they are today. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a whole nother world. It's yeah. so much bigger, brighter, better. Some and, people have some issues, I think, with with like the commercialization of, of pride and with these big companies that are coming in. But at the same time, it's looking at the progress that we're getting into that. Oh, my goodness. People are being taken seriously. People are spending money on our community there, you know, we're taking it a step further. So there is like, you know, LA pride right now is, is it's a little bit of a different thing um, that, ha- that just 
two of their, the LA Pride is now split up into three different prides. They have a WeHo Pride that happens the first weekend of June. They have a regular LA Pride that happens the second. And then they have a downtown Los Angeles Pride that happens a little bit later. And each one has a little bit of a different flavor to it. One has a parade, you know. And then a couple years ago, they started doing, um, because of all the political unrest and everything, is that they started making it a Pride March. So some cities are doing marches. Some cities are doing parades. So it just depends. And some cities are doing both, that they're doing a march on, like, the Friday. Like, here in San Diego, I think we do a, a trans march. I think on, like, the Thursday, they do a candlelight vigil on the Friday. Then they do the parade on the Saturday. So we kind of, they want to make sure that they are honoring, you know, the causes and kind of what the reasons and the foundation of why pride even exists you know the very first pride was stonewall you know 50 years ago in new york city and so um so we want to honor that because there there is a, a certain amount of um struggle that we want to make sure that we remember because of what we have come from but at the mm -hmm. same time pride parades are a time for us to actually celebrate who we are and celebrate all the colors of the rainbow and for all the people who color with every grain in the grand box this is the opportunity is these pride parades to really, really go there and have fun. And so um, it's just been something like that you kind of see now that, you know, with with these here in San Diego, even since I moved here about you know, 12, 13 years ago, what the pride parade looked like a few years ago and to what it looks like now. It used to be a couple trucks, you know what I mean, with people inside of them. And this is the truck for the bears and this is the truck for, you know, Moe's universe. And then now it's like. The nightclubs are doing floats. The biz, big, the big businesses are doing the floats. All those sorts of things. Like so, everybody is just. It's been really, really cool to kind of see the evolution of it. And mm -hmm. the other thing too is, is that um, I love it because we're you know, we are benefiting from the corporatization of pride. You know what I mean? I love actually that because when you bring in the corporations and it, it helps to normalize as well because things are getting bigger and, you know, I mean, you know, we say this is corporate America. So when you start having corporate endorsement and corporate involvement, it does help to make it, you know, I hate to use the word normalize, but because there's nothing un or abnormal about anybody, but it does make it more mainstream. It does, it, it, it's more accepted. Mm -hmm. I don't want to use the word tolerated either because I hate that word. It's more accepted. Yeah, and that I, I, does take corporate America to do that, I think. Yeah, I, I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, there are many, many people who would base decisions on uh, who is supporting something and who is not, you mm -hmm. know, uh, and I can see how that could sway people. I, I think at the end of the day, it's it's we're a capitalistic society and it we always are. comes back to the dollar. And it does. Uh, we started to get attention uh, a couple of decades ago when it was realized that gay men in particular had a lot of disposable income. And uh, more research led to the fact that, you know, in general, we're a good market. We spend a lot of money. And it, it, it's interesting how that that's just the way it works here in America. Uh, and it's sort of working the same way now for Latinos who uh, are becoming the majority and want to be seen as equal citizens. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate that until the corporations come on board and from a capitalistic point of view, until they're acknowledged, that's probably not going to happen. It takes, 
you know, it's all about spending. It's well, you're seeing the money of it. I mean, the, with RuPaul's Drag Race is like is the best example because it really has grown. It's like 15 seasons in. It's so many different franchises all over the world. Now they have all these um, all star kind of things, and so and what that has done is it spun off and it has made reality star celebrities but even to the umpteenth degree because they are breaking out of the reality star mold and becoming um they're, they're doing the west end shows they're doing broadway you know yeah. we're seeing we're seeing you know nino west is is touring with hairspray and she's one of the best edna turnblats they've ever had so they just keep her pushing um trixie mattel who has i mean that's somebody who is making millions of dollars a year now and touring you know, I think they have a, a 90 city tour this year and a new album, a makeup line, hairline, you know, just all these different things. And so we're seeing the corporate start to pay attention. And that's one of the reasons, too, that we're seeing with like even with the drag shows that we're doing, a couple of our drag queens on there like Ms. Cracker and Willem, they have a million followers on Instagram. That translates into ad dollars that translates into getting more attention for your little brand than you you know from people that are actually purchasing young people that you know that have the buying power and that sort of thing so you're seeing that kind of change and even you know taco bell is doing a, is doing a, a drag brunch tour this year at all of its cantinas and so um it has uh, it's a it's a new thing that they're doing and then we're seeing um even a couple months ago, and it didn't even have to do with Pride or anything, but we had a cosmetic company that was doing a, um, a conference in, uh, in LA, and they wanted something to open up their conference, and they thought, let's get a drag queen. Let's have a big dance number with great music, and let's just add all that color. And they're a cosmetic company, so it would behoove them to work with a drag queen mm -hmm. who's putting tons of cosmetics on their face every day. So, and it worked and they loved it and everybody, you know, got everybody out of their seats at eight o'clock in the morning, clapping and cheering and then go away and let's get back into our meeting. So there is somewhere that this is really starting to pull. It's working. So also, you know, I think maybe drag is not as gay as it used to be. It's and by not. That, they I, just it's had really the first, not. The first straight male contestant. Right. Was just on Drag Race in season 14. Right. Um, which was a and, big deal. That's more think, inclusivity. Yes. Yeah. And and I think it might even be liberating for straight men who like to dress in drag, but it's are not art. gay. Well, it's, it's the right. art. It's the, it's the painting mm -hmm. of your face and manipulating what you look like and manipulating your body and everything else into looking like something else and creating a piece of art that you can step back and say, look at this, and then get rid of it. And that's Eddie what, Izzard. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what RuPaul, I think, has done mm -hmm. more than anything. And that's elevate the art form by giving these people a platform. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I remember, I remember in the 70s, I remember back that far going to the Copa in Fort Lauderdale and watching the drag performances and thinking, uh, OK, this is schlocky entertainment. My friends loved it. I was never enamored. There were a few people that I thought, wow, she's really pretty believable and really good with the lip syncing like it was right on. But most of them, you know, it was really just about dressing up for me. Mm -hmm. It's it's so much more than that today. And the art form in itself of the way they make themselves up. Look, with HDTV, you can see things and they 
they're made up exquisitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and the costuming and the outfits are beyond normal. They're just so the fantastic. There's yeah. planning, there's so much planning that goes into everything they do. And so the, and you're seeing even too like um with this more mainstreaming of this art form is that now these artists are getting paid what they're due. Um because you know, you think, oh, I'm going to book this drag queen and she's going to come perform two numbers. I can give her a hundred bucks. And then it's like, but that drag queen had to buy makeup. They had to sew the outfit, get the wig, style and how the wig. how long does that t- makeup take? Yeah, All of that, that prep that so, goes into it, right? They're like, like, they're like chameleons. Like, yeah, it's they buildings. really are. When you build all the when you build all mm-hmm. the pieces, you have to get the shoes, the tights, blah 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 blah. And the thing is, and this is one look for the one number that you're going to do, and then you have to take it all off and do something else. And then the ones who are really good are bringing props, or they're bringing just they they write all their own material, and so and they just keep everybody in like in the palm of their hand. This most recent one, when we actually um, at the Lowe's at the Santa Monica, I think it's one of the best drag shows that we've produced at this point. And so we hope to like beat it this weekend because we have some really good ones coming up with the same cast. But Derek Barry was a uh, was on America's Got Talent and was on Drag Race. And he was the Britney Spears impersonator that everybody like knew because he looked dead on, danced like Britney and everything. And it was one of those things that even in my mind, I was thinking, oh, this is like, it's an act, you know what I mean? Like, I get it, it's gonna, you know, and like, we, we got the person because he um, he's good at what he does as Britney Spears. But then when he was in the room and seeing the work ethic and the preparation and just knowing what he needed at, you know, to make his job better, it was like, geez, these people are all just like mini moguls because they have a business mind, they have the creative side, you know, and all this preparation, I mean, like, you know, came in, didn't even look for me for the sound check, just knew, okay, my music was already sent in, great, can we get two mics, that's fine, and I came in, and he was already ready to go, you know what I mean, like, let's get our sound check going, and had his work prepared, and so, can you take that song to minute 140, please, I just need to check this one part, okay, great, okay, I'll see you guys later, bye, and went off, and got himself together. I mean, it's just seeing the way that ev- the, these these uh, these performers, these artists prepare and know their material and know what they're going to do. And they have an attack plan and they go and they do their work really, really well. So that's been one of the cool things to watch. And then seeing how that's even trickled down, because in these shows, we're pulling in um, local artists that are either local legends or people who are brand new that are really, really something special that we took on, you know, like this uh, Lauren Banal for this last show. And we had um, Paris Akomi Max at this last one and seeing the two of them even elevate themselves even further just because of the caliber of the people that they knew that they were going to be performing with and just kind of seeing them all interact and just put on this really stellar show because they knew that they don't want to be the weak one, you know, for the night, you know, it's just like, we're going to all go out there and show as much as we can and really, really perform, you know, their butts off. And there are a few of them, honestly, that I think I could watch them do anything. Mm-hmm. Pixie Mattel is one of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jinx, I, oh. Jinx Monsoon. I, I predict that she will be doing movies soon because she's such an actress. I mean, it really is incredible. And then a chameleon at that. And she's able to uh, impersonate people 
What a wide ranging talent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and Trixie has fabulous songs, Mm -hmm. like really great pop songs. Yeah. That you would, you know. You sing along to. You sing along to. You love them. You you probably don't. If you don't know who Trixie is, you don't know. Trixie's so funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trixie is. That's actually uh, one of Ileana's favorites. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a lot of it. Yeah. 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 They're just so good. They're undeniably yeah. good that when they get up there, it's that you can just watch them read the phone book because they're going to make it funny. They're going to make <laughs> yeah, it that's right. you know, and so they just kind of take it there and they play so well. I mean, even watching like a legend that we're working with right now with Lady Bunny, who was roommates yeah. with RuPaul when they first moved to New York City back in the day, you know what I mean? And so and then watching him get up on stage and the mind is so quick and just, you know, right before like Meatball comes out, this next performer is both talented and beautiful, but never on the same night. Here's Meatball, you know what I mean? It's like those kind of things that he just comes up with with on the spurt or just because of the, you know, he's been in the business for so long that they're just, the Rolodex of their mind is just so quick and it's so great to watch. And just, you know, you, um, you can't help but be entertained. I'm working backstage at these shows and then you still, you'll hear things, you'll see things and you're just like, oh, okay, you know what I mean? And they play their instincts where Willem sees there's an empty table and there's no centerpiece here. I can jump on this table and dance for these people, you know what I mean? In the middle of the show. And so it's just, they are always thinking about how to up their game and up their performance and, you know, give it an Instagrammable moment people will, you know, talk about later. It's, it's very, very cool to watch. And it's That's a very, awesome. yeah, very interactive show. You can't be, you can't sit in a corner and watch this show. You you have to be involved no. and be part of the show. And they, the more, you know, it's one of those things, right? The, the better the yeah. audience is, the better the performance is. It really is a give and take in this situation. And you can give energy from your seat. If you are attending, so I'm going to just give you guys real quickly. If you are attending a drag show, number one, get singles when you're at the door when you're checking in when the bartender comes over is ask for more singles because that's how you tell somebody their outfit's great that's how you tell somebody that their performance was stellar is if you hand somebody a buck a two dollar you get that moment you get that good picture blah 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 but that's really part of that culture is a tipping culture of it all and then also the show is on stage and the show is whoever's being spotlighted so if you are there with your bachelorette party or your best friend is throwing their 21st birthday, they're not the main subject of the night. Don't get up on the stage. Don't get out of your seat unless a drag queen offers you that moment. But you see, I, I've seen this a lot of different drag shows and it's dangerous for the performers, especially if they're mm-hmm. doing crazy dance moves and things that you'll see like a random really drunk girl who's part of a bachelorette party will try to like dance their way on stage or get in the way and it's just it's bad so just stay in your seat it's still theater it's still cabaret so just because you know a man is up there in a dress and yes sometimes drag queens are glorified clowns you still have to respect the art process exactly and so there's just a bunch of that and then also if you like if you love audience participation, there'll be a moment for you. There'll be a moment usually where the drag queen will say, who's celebrating your birthday tonight? Who's getting married tonight? Blah, 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 blah. And that's your moment to shine as an audience member. <laughs> you know what I mean? But just keep in your seats. It's one of those things. It's the two biggest things. Is tip your drag queens and stay in your seat, please. Unless a drag queen offers you to, to, to come out of the seat and dance with them. Is, is Roth, Ross Matthews uh, drag brunch family friendly? 
Ross's drag brunch is semi-family friendly. The thing is, is you just um, never know what the talent, you know what I mean? Like with the, if there's gonna be a little bit of language. I would say that Ross's is probably a little bit more tame, um, but you probably will see. I would say it's a PG-13 show. You're still gonna get language, but you're not gonna get full on, you know, some of the drag queens that we work with have prosthetic body parts and things like that that are on full display. It's not gonna be that for the kids shows. You're gonna, in the kids shows, you might get like, um, for this Ross Matthews one that we have coming on the 19th, Jackie Beat is there and Jackie Beat is wonderful performer, super comedian. She was a writer for Joan Rivers for years. Um, it's been in movies and things and so and she writes a lot of like Ross's speech material and a bunch of other like you know comedians and is Rose with, wrote with like Bruce Valanche and whatnot so Jackie has this mind that just works in an adult sense and so a lot of double entendres and that sort of thing and we'll sing a song that changes the lyrics and you know it talks about something blue so you will have a little bit of that so the visuals aren't there but the language will be so I think that that's kind of the place with the Ross Matthews show but you know um, they're adult oriented shows. And so you should always check to see if it's an, if it's a child friendly crowd and that sort of a thing. And so, but I believe the Ross ones are 21 and older because it is, uh, the bar situation, how they have that. Cause every, every, it's a bubbly brunch because every person who walks through the door gets a glass of bubbly. Um, and so that's how you start, you know, your, your bubbly brunch with him. And so, but his, um, his brunch is going to be great. I, Scarlet Envy is in that, uh, it's Jackie beat and, um, uh, now the names are going to escape my my mind, but Morgan McMichaels, I believe, is in that show, and also Barbie's Addiction. So really good drag queens who do celebrity impersonations. Some of them are really crazy dancers. You know, one of them is a real time a real showgirl, and then one is a live singer comedian. So again, it's a well rounded variety show. Well, and but the, what's nice about the Ross when you see the Ross Dragtastic Bubbly Brunch, if you see Ross is on the bill, then Ross is hosting. So you get like a good 10, 15 minutes of Ross's stand-up at the top, and then he's coasting the show along. There's a halfway point. They have a halftime show where they pull people out of the audience. They do dance contests, birthday shots, all that kind of a thing. So it is a show that keeps itself moving along. So I remember the drag brunch in Palm Springs. We went to uh, one of uh, um, Ross Matthews' drag brunches several years ago, and I got to see Pandora Box saying what is the song turn around bright eyes right eyes, eyes. Yeah. and every time the lyric turn around you know was sung he would nonchalantly she would nonchalantly turn around pandora box pandora, pandora box. box yeah she turn does around. she and by the end of the song she's dizzy because she's turned so many times <laughs> So, it's just, you know, the, 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 as she's like walking around and she's taking your tip and she hears turn around, she turns around before curves, she even takes right. your tip. And like every time the song says turn around, you know, she just does another, you know, every time I fall apart and she's like yeah. about to fall over by the end of the by song. By the end of the she's song. Done so many spins. It's so funny. It's just, it, and it's the smallest thing, right? Yeah. That, oh, little things like Raja used to do, um, Raja, another, she's on the, the season of, um, the drag race, the uh, the all stars, yes. yeah, and she won, I think, season three of Drag Race, and she has a number that she does Shaka Khan's through the fire, 
and she comes out and her dress is like burnt and in tatters and her wig is a little bit askew and as she goes through the fire every time she says fire she shakes her head and ashes and powder comes out of her out of her hair all over the place like she's just been through a fire so like the whole t- it's like this catastrophic thing and it's hilarious because of the gag that they've built into right. it so it takes a lot of work to commit to a reoccurring gag like that and yeah. make it consistently funny yeah. that is a talent here's here's yes. a little preview so this comes out actually the day after uh, our thursday show but i know meatball has a number where um it's a it's a cardi b song cardi b song kodak black and um these is red bottoms these is hamburgers and they've edited in the word hamburger and she's pulling mcdonald's hamburgers out and handing them to the crowd the whole time and it's this whole excuse me thing that they've edited and so and she's wearing (laughs) yeah it's called excuse me and like she's wearing like a mcdonald's type you know outfit but that's been dragged out she's giving away cheeseburgers to the audience the whole time and they're gagging over it because it's funny because she's pulling cheeseburgers out of everywhere you know and people are eating them they're like fresh cheeseburgers so she has they have somebody run to mcdonald's 10 minutes before her number go get fresh cheeseburgers and she's got them in their wrappers in bags handing them out you know so it's like these fun things that they just you know they they know and then they, do you have uh, the cheeseburgers yeah exactly it's one of those where's the cl- it's yeah awesome. it does take a lot of work believe it or not as simple as it sounds it's all timing and because- that takes practice mm-hmm. yeah and like I don't even think there is a McDonald's in Palm Springs. No, this will be in in San, in San Francisco. You know what I'm saying? So you yeah. got to be careful where you do that yeah. song. Yeah, but no, that's the I thing. I mean, they just... are everywhere, but they're not everywhere. I'm pretty sure she does look because she was like, "Oh, is this near there?" Because she wasn't doing it in Santa Monica because there wasn't one right There's next no to McDonald's the hotel. there, right? I yeah. want to see them do this in Japan, where how they say McDonald's is McDonald's. 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 So that you know. And well, Irish. It's, well, it's Japanese, but you know, because they just extend the syllables, pick it in all those. Um, but that would be funny. You guys know, I, I don't remember if I talked about this on the last show or if we just talked about it in last week's office meeting that I went to the fundraiser for the Matthew Shepard Foundation. And yeah. Jay Rodriguez was the host and performed with Brian Ruby, who is um, a National League uh, baseball player. Um, came out. He's also a songwriter in Nashville. He's written for a lot of famous people and also has his own album. Uh, it was really amazing. In fact, I bought earrings off of Jay, a pair for my daughter and a pair for me, Pride Flex, and had him sign it. Nice. Um, and it was it was incredible. It was incredible. And, you know, I think all of our listeners probably know who Jay Rodriguez is. He was the original cast of you know, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and what he has done with his career. He told a story about how his agent said, well, you're pretty much dead in the water now. Yeah, because the show's over. Well, not even that, but you boxed yourself in. You're never going to do Broadway. You're never going to do mainstream anything. And now he's playing a straight guy on something. So he proved everybody wrong and he just continues to grow and get better and celebrate his his personage. And when he got up and sang, he did True Colors and then the song from The Greatest Showman. There wasn't a dry eye in that house. It was brilliant. Which, which one from The Greatest Beautiful. Showman? Um, um, 
This is me. Yeah. Oh, the the. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, yeah. Yes. Settle. What's her first name? Keely. Keely. Yeah, Settle. That's a gorgeous song. Oh, he did a fantastic job. So Pride is the month of June. That's Pride Month because that was also when Stonewall happened, which happened in 1969 in a New York gay bar. Uh, for those of you who don't know the story, there were gay men in the bar enjoying some socializing and the place was raided. And instead of going out with their hands behind their backs, they fought and kicked and screamed and revolted our gay brothers and uncles and fathers and started a movement. And the transgender, Marsha P. Johnson's and everybody that kind of led that. And transgender, yes, I'm so sorry to leave them out because they've been a part of this community longer than I have. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's yeah. really what started it. And, and that was 1969. So that was 54, 53 years ago. Mm -hmm. 51 years ago, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's 53. 53. But, um, and here we are. Yeah. And so now cities have prides kind of when it's best for them, usually. It's kind of like when, when their best weather and that sort of thing. Like, you know, Palm Springs does theirs in November, uh, October, November, you know, and that sort of thing. So we have one other thing that is going on too for this pride, and that would be July 16th. We're working with Joe Whitaker again on his escapade boat cruise, which is like this big over the top affair. And so he's had Chad Michaels uh, on there, who's like one of the best share impersonators in the world. And so in every year he dedicates it to like different pop divas that everybody loves. And so, and Chad has always been on the boat cause that's his, his, uh, his house lady basically. But last year we went in and we did a whole Janet situation. And so brought in dancers and more drag queens and did full production numbers. And so we're doing the same thing again this year, but a little bit bigger, we're bringing another queen on, you know, Trina Modell and Kixie and Chad Michaels. And so Jasmine Echelon. So there's like all these really, really great. And then some of them are doing Whitney Houston. Some are doing Mar Mariah Carey. We have Madonna being represented this year. It's going to be crazy and fun, I think. So that's our other big project. So we've quite a summer coming up. <laughs> Quite a, quite a pride summer, July, July 15th, 16th, 16th is the gay pride parade here in San Diego, July 16th. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're followed by Comic-Con completely. It's funny how if you live in San Diego, um, then you know to prepare yourself for these two weeks because you can't get a hotel room and it's hard to get around certain parts of the city uh, because there's just so much action happening. Uh, and Comic-Con is going to be back in full swing as well. So uh, a lot of people, what people will do is they'll take a week or 10 days of vacation and they'll come to San Diego for both. And uh, so we see uh, more than 100,000 people at our parade. I, I'm sure that number is grossly underestimated because I think it was 100,000 10 years ago. You know, so it must be more than that. I do have a question, though. And I'm asking this coming off of the high school engagement we did. And I'll be really quite honest with you, not to be too somber, but as I sat there for the couple of hours that I was there, all I could, all I could think about was the lack of security around the building. 
And uh, when I left and then D'Angelo was there working, all I could think about was the lack of security around the building. And the school's in an upscale neighborhood, the school's in a safe neighborhood, but that doesn't seem to matter so much anymore. It, that right? doesn't matter at all. No, because So I mean, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, um, do either of you have any hesitation going to a gay pride event? You know, I am going to jump in. Um, I won't be here. I'll be out of town, uh, unfortunately. Um, and I'm thinking my daughter will probably want to go down. And I'm super proud of her. You know, she just organized a protest for women's rights through Instagram. Put it on Instagram and within a couple of hours had 2,000 shares. She's or 2,000 followers and 1,500 shares. And there was a good amount of people there for, you know, her ability right now. And I know she's yes. 17 and she's going to want to go and I want to support her going. And there's a little bit of me that goes, mm. you know, but I don't want to tell her that because I don't want her to live in fear. And I want her to have her voice and speak because she is an ally, you know, in, in her junior high We'd be talking in sixth, seventh grade. She'd say, well, so-and-so is bi or so-and-so is gay. And you would hear adults go, oh, come on. How can they know at 13, 14? My response would be, did you know you were straight? Mm -hmm. How could you know at 13, 14 if you were straight or not? You know. And you know, you know she, what your, your, your body's telling you. Right. And she's a strong ally and she'll want to be there. And I, I support her wanting to be there. I won't be able to be there with her. And neither will her dad because he'll be traveling. And there's a little hesitation for me. There's a little, but I won't stop her from going. The thing is, is like, right, you'll sad, just worry. The sad part about now is like everything's a risk. Everything yeah, exactly. Risk. I mean, like we saw that a few years ago with the whole shooting at the Amy Schumer movie, you know what I mean? Where people were just going out to a movie that night and something bad, terrible happened. So it just like, now it's just, um, even with, we did it over at Westview with the high school and that. And so we put up the fencing and all that sort of thing to try to, you know, help curb that kind of thing. But then we also had to have contingency plans that every single fence had to be able to be pushed over if we needed to run out. All exits had to be clearly marked that every, uh, all those entrances just, you had to be able to push your way through that there could be nothing tying you down and that sort of thing. So there was that. And then we also instilled, you know, over at the high school, the, the PA system that we decided to use. So the DJ wasn't the only one with a mic. We had an external PA that we were using to do all the prizes, but it was also an emergency thing. There's a fire here. Everybody run here. Everybody get out of here. I mean, those are the kind of announcements that we were able to that we would need to make if we needed to do it. And so that's why we had, you know, the speakers placed in, in such a way. So I think that there is just a certain amount of planning that the people who are in charge have to do. But then also as a person myself, when I go to a nightclub now, I do look for my exits. I do look to see where, where am I going to be able to get out of here? Do I have to go up on stage to get out? Do I have to go through this doors or something behind the bar? You do look for your exits. Mm -hmm. I think there's something that, it's just it's perverse now that that's the world that we live in, but it is a reality. And so you just kind of have to keep in check for yourself. You know, that innocence is lost. And I remember taking Illy to a movie theater six months after that shooting, and I would have my arm around her and again, the exits. And I would look constantly look 
And I would visualize myself throwing my body on her mm -hmm. to protect her. And that's an innocence that's lost. And I, it, I don't think it's possible for it to be regained. No, it's going to be years of, of unlearned trauma, I think, collectively as, as a society. And then change actually will have to happen before we can get to that place. But so I think that answering that question is that, you know, is it going to make me not go to these kind of things? I mean, number one, I don't like going to a lot of big things unless I know that I have an insight if I have a way out or if there's a place that I can go sit after a little while. You know what I mean? So I won't go to your nightclub if I'm going to be stuck. But like... Well, what about the parade? But like the parade and things like that, I think it's just that you have to go and you just have to be vigilant. And if somebody says something mm -hmm. and if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel that spidey sense the tingle on your back of your neck that says you should move you shouldn't be here anymore move don't be there don't force yourself into a situation if somebody looks a little bit weird they look a little bit off keep away you know move yourself you know and i think that's really what it has to be and that you have to be selfish enough for yourself and for your friends to grab your friend and let's go let's move mm -hmm. ourselves let's take ourselves out of this situation that makes me feel uncomfortable so it could be a look somebody gives you, it mm -hmm. could be physically seeing something, but it's just, you don't want to put yourself in, in dangerous ways. So just make sure that you're just vigilant, you know, that you're, you're just keeping it, you're yourself aware, but don't just completely get lost in everything that's going on and, you know, not what's, what's going on behind you. And if you hear somebody say, move, well, don't just stand there. Why do you need me to move? You know what I mean? So start moving those kind of things. Well, and, it, you know, it's, I used to get criticized a little bit for making Eliana aware. You're making her afraid. You're making, no, I'm not making her afraid. I'm making her aware. Because I won't ever feel comfortable giving her freedom if she's not aware. Right. And she is. I mean, that girl has cojones and, and will tell you that, no, she'll just flat out. She, her spidey sense is right on. Well, see, here's the thing that your kid had that we didn't have when we were growing up, and that is a device in our hand that's distracting us 24-7. So that, I see, is the biggest culprit. People with their faces and their phones, they're not even they're not aware of what's going on. And we didn't have that distraction, so it was a little easier for us. But we all get caught up in our phones in that way, out in public, every single one of us, even if it's for... 15 seconds and while we don't want to scare people that could be the 15 seconds so be aware to know your surroundings as d'angelo said be vigilant be observant mm -hmm. trust your instincts and you know act accordingly because when that god forbid when that happens it's every man for himself every woman for herself every child unless they're with an adult for themselves it's that's that's the reality of that situation you don't have compadres unless you came with them you know you don't people scatter and they're it's that's the way it is so it's just i don't i didn't want to put a damper on this but i just felt like it needed to be said because but just it's i was just, in a high school it's pre-planning yourself and the, and, mm -hmm. the, and so, I mean, even in the high school situation, one of the things that we, we had to go over and over and over again with the PTSA is in the past for those grad nights is that they would confiscate everybody's phones before they went in because it was a surefire way for the kids not to sneak out, to leave. You know what I mean? They were, that if you left your phone 
in the locker that you had to check in, then at the end of the event, you have to go get your phone and check it back out. But in this day and age, and with everything else that was going on in the world, nobody wanted to really give up their phones. And then you also have to take away their iWatches and their phone. And I mean, it was just too many things. And it just felt better to leave all the kids with their phones so they have an emergency contact, they have a way to- That's just it. It's also a safety issue too. But then what we did at the end of the day was, is we gave them so much to do. I don't think I saw one kid on their phone that whole night. They were in their pockets. I don't think they I would take either. a picture and they would keep it keep it moving. You know what I mean? Like so, it wasn't like a, a, a full distraction. But I think then even just when you're going to an event is just take into account. Um, with your friends is that if we get separated, where are we meeting? You pre-plan that kind of a thing that, you know, okay, well, we're, we're all here at the nightclub at 1230, you know, let's all meet at this bar because you're going to get separated. You're one person's going to see somebody they know, somebody else is just going to get distracted by something shiny, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So you just need to be able to have like a, a, a home base is like, okay, we all got here together. Check in with me in 20 minutes. If you don't see me, check in with me in 30 minutes, that kind of thing. And I think that's just something that you need, not even just for these big you know, uh, events that are happening out in the world, but just in general, just kind of, you should have those kind of things installed with within you because of, you know, uh, just what the world is, especially as, as a girl or a small framed person who identifies as, as a, you know, a, as a man or a woman, but if you're smaller and if you feel like you are, you, you could be easily become somebody that's taken over is that you want to make sure that you have a contingency plan that you want to mm-hmm. have other people that are looking out for you, you know, so it's just that it's a whole law and order kind of way of thinking, but it's something that it's just it's you have to do out here now. I said Illy went on a protest a couple of years ago and I gave her permission to go. I couldn't go with her. She went with another adult who is not the fastest human being in the world. And I said, the mm-hmm. only way you can go is if you are on the periphery, you can't not go into the melee of the crowd. You cannot get into the center. You can go and you can show your alliance, but you have to be on the outside so that if you have to get out quickly, you can, that you can run and you can get out quickly. That was the, and she did, she followed those. And as a result, she had to get out quickly and they were able to, she did get some tear gas, but it wasn't enough to be harmful to her. But so I was glad that I did that for her, you know, told, made her sure she did that. Okay. I'm glad too, but back to pride, back to pride, back to pride. Mm -hmm. So we are in the month of pride and we have pride shows happening and we have RuPaul. Uh, What else can we celebrate this prideful month? Is there anything else that we're leaving out? I think that there is just a ton of new content that's out there that's fun that you can, you know, like, like I just mentioned, you know, like there's adult shows like Queer as Folk and that sort of thing. But, you know, there's there's some fun things like that. There's like little outlets that like that you can participate in. There are drag queen story storybook hours that are happening at libraries all over the country right now. So you can look that up. So if you have kids who do like that. The colorful you know people dressed up and everything but you don't but a bar is not a situation that you take the kid into i mean it just it's where it is a bar nightclub is not for kids don't take them to a drag show that's at a bar or nightclub unless right. it's specified that it's a family-friendly night it's not your place but then there's these other outlets and especially you know so like the, the library story booking reading hours those kind of things and there's just also just a lot of non-profit organizations right now that need 
help. There's lots of, you know, the, there's meal um, situations like here in San Diego, we have, you know, Mama's Kitchen that provides meals and things mm -hmm. for people that are um, elderly, you know, LGBT elderly people and that sort of, you know, that, that sort of thing. And so we do have a generation just because of the past that is missing in our, you know, the men that are from our, from our era. So there's a lot of elderly women like these lesbians and that sort of thing that need these meal services and they don't have the families, that kind of thing. So there's those kind of things that you can donate to. There's usually an LGBT center in most cities that you can get yourself involved with. Um, and they have social things. And so even if you're not, uh, if you don't identify as an LGBTQIA kind of a person, but if you're just an ally, there's always a game night, there's rodeos, there's barbecues, there's things that you can go and network and get involved with. And that can actually turn back around and become business for you. You never know who you're going to meet at these things, because you may see somebody who's walking around in a shorts and a t-shirt and not realize that that person is the owner of Ace Hardware or something like that, that might be somebody that we, you know, later on that might be a good contact for you those kind of things but i think that there's just a lot of that that you know this is a month that you can spend money on rainbow shoes if you want to you know what i mean like there's just so many different outlets that you can kind of express your pride and if you're a gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender or queer business owner uh there is an organization called the nglcc which is the national uh Oh my God, I just went out. I, I hate when I do that. The National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. And uh, we became a member through our local uh, gay and lesbian business association, whose name has changed recently to something I can't remember. Uh, but we are now a certified gay owned business within the NGLCC. And it was a bit of a process. Uh, we had to fill out applications. We had to uh, be interviewed. We had to have office an office visit. And uh, what kind of struck me the funniest of all was that I had to have three people <laughs> write letters verifying that I was gay. And uh, you know, to become a member of the NGLCC, which is the first time in my many, many, many years that somebody ever had to write a letter to confirm that I was indeed gay <laughs> so that I could get something. Um, but it's a very worthwhile organization. Mm -hmm. um, it has given us uh, uh, involvement, or I should say entrance into uh, supplier clearinghouses. These are uh, clearinghouses that provide big companies with uh, smaller businesses that are diversified women-owned business, gay-owned businesses, black-owned businesses, Latino-owned businesses. And so being a part of those registries is just another way to get your services out there. So it's a very worthwhile organization. Uh, if you are gay or lesbian or any of them, business owners, I encourage you to contact, to contact the NGLCC, nglcc.org. Uh, and... Uh, start doing business with the community and for those who value doing business with us. Mm -hmm. Yes, I thought so too. It's been really worthwhile for us too. And it, it, it wasn't an easy process to become certified, which I always, always appreciate because easy and easy out, right? If it's so easy to get into something, there's no reason to stay and there's no vetting process and there's probably very little 
uh, value because it becomes diluted with so many different types of people. So the vetting process ensures that, you know, you're going to get what you pay for. And there's, uh, I think that's Sadie confirming, yep. agreeing. Yes, she's saying yes. Uh, I guess that's it. Huh? We'll wrap it up now and say goodbye and happy Pride. And we hope to see you out at the Pride events. If you're in Chicago or San Francisco this weekend, San Francisco on the 16th, Chicago on the 18th, please be sure to look for Drag Me to the Westin St. Francis in San Francisco. Drag Me to the Fairmont in Chicago. That's downtown Chicago. It's a beautiful property, by the way. Uh, and if you're in L.A. this weekend, then we have Ross Matthews at the Low Santa Monica on Saturday night. That's an early show. It's a five o'clock podcast recording starts about an hour and a half to two hours or Sunday. The very next morning, uh, Roth, Ross Matthews. What is it? Dragalicious? Dragtastic. Dragtastic. Of course. Ross Matthews presents Dragtastic Bubbly, Bubbly Brunch. And if you can't get singles beforehand, I know that the house will have singles on hand that they can sell you uh, if you'd like to tip over and above that. Remember to tip your waiters as well, your servers. <laughs> they're important too. And remember to thank them, please. Uh, they're probably picking up double shifts and working for people who are not working. So be kind as well. That's it. Happy Pride. How about we all say it? Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Bye, everybody. Stay engaging. <laughs> <laughs>